Well, hello and ho, 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 and happy holidays. It's your friends at Home Theater United. I'm Sam Poston. And my name is Brian Dobbs. And hey, Brian, tonight we got another super special secret guest from the industry. Sweet deal, man. We're uh, we're rolling. Uh, we are looking forward to CES coming up. And uh, the one cool thing is that the, the guys that we have on tonight are Stuart Film Screen with Mr. Adrian Silva. And they will not be going to CES, so we've got their full attention. You want to say hi, Adrian? Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, having me on. Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, it's correct. We will not be at CES, but we will have presence there. Okay, very cool, very cool. Which means that folks like me who are in the market for film screens can uh, can get their full attention, which is awesome. So uh, we'll bring Adrian back in just a few minutes, but until then, uh, Brian and I have a few things to discuss, and I swear to you, I am not going to play It's Friday tonight, so everybody can relax on that. <laughs> no, we're going to, that's going to be tucked away for another yes, year. We're, we're saving that, right? We're, yeah, we, yeah, we, we're we going to save that. We, we don't want to ruin it, right, Brian? No, no. Yes, right, okay. So uh, first thing out of the gun, Brian, uh, did you get anything cool for Christmas? Or holiday Ooh, of your choice, dude. Uh, you know my Christmas has really been replaced by Black Friday, right. so yeah. you know n- nothing, nothing new since we last spoke. What about you? Well, I didn't uh, get any real home theater stuff, but I did get a neat little uh, robot. You, you know how Roomba works? Like it, it maps the room and draws, and yeah. it yeah. draws a grid on the ground and and vacuums up stuff from that. I get a little plotter robot that uses the same kind of technology that I can't wait to start playing with. So. What a, a plotter? Yeah, what? yeah. So you, you give it a picture and it'll draw it. It's like, you, you know how, um, what was that robot in the uh, the, the latest uh, Star Wars movies? The one on a ball. What was his name? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh well, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a Star Wars fan anymore, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a little a little ball like that that holds on to a pen and it will trace out outlines and stuff like that. It's from the Hammaker Schlemmer catalog. I don't think I've ever gotten. Oh. I don't think I've ever gotten a Hammaker Schlemmer gift in my entire life, Brian. So this is new for me. That's cool. Yeah, I always BB-8. like looking at those That's magazines. his name. BB-8. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course it is. Yeah. So you give the little robot a pen, and right? It draws a picture. Yeah. So he takes a. He's got a little scanner that will take take a snapshot of the picture and then draws it as best as he can. So we'll have to see how well that works out. Sounds pretty cool. Oh, wow. That's yep. pretty neat. So I did buy myself another gift, uh, so to say. The the Denon 1700Hs uh, are still dribbling out across the, the country. Unfortunately, my uh, shop of choice value from Robert Zone, who's a good friend of the podcast and Home Theater Forum, uh, still has not gotten... Uh, enough stock to be able to provide one to me. Um, mm. But uh, I did snag one in the 30 seconds that Best Buy had them up on. So I'll be picking that up on Thursday. So ah, okay. Fing- fingers crossed that we're getting past the HDMI 2.1, one input only disaster. Jeez. Mm, okay. So... So, so, so this, this, this helps you with gaming. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got, uh, I have at least three HDMI 2.1 devices at any one time in my office, including the Xbox, the PlayStation, and the Apple TV. And so switching between them is absolutely disastrous on a device that has just one HDMI input. 
mm. what they what they recommend you do is to hook the the second and third devices in and use ARC to send information from the device to the TV to the receiver, which just is dumb. And no. so and so everything gets out of sync constantly. So you can spend six hundred bucks to try to fix that, seven hundred bucks to try to fix that, and I think it'll be well worth it. And I'm sure uh sure our home theater forum listeners are banging their heads saying, Why don't you just buy an external amp and blah 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 and, and figure out the technology later? But this mm-hmm, makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So Well mm, okay. So Is I, now a good time to, to bring up yeah, so you've got some kind of technology thing going on too, huh? What's going on there? Yeah, it's a thing, and I ain't happy about it, dude. And I don't, I don't know what to do. So this is something I, I, you own now. So, so when I got my theater up and running back in Maryland, okay, and I had you guys out, I had purchased at that time uh, an Outlaw seven channel, two hundred watts per channel amp. Oh yeah, I do. I do sort of remember talking about that with you. Yeah, so, and it's got the XLR inputs. And, right. You know, Outlaw was this company that I had, I, I had my eye on ever since you know at the dawn of yeah. my uh, home theater forum you know initiation. Um. So what was that about? Just over five years ago that I bought it, mm-hmm. and two weeks ago, I, it just starts producing this hissing sound. Oh no! It's not really that loud but i can if you just turn the system on you can just hear it from your seat mm. and I, I unplugged everything everything in the room and i just yeah. had the amp hooked up to the speakers nothing connected to the amp no interconnects or anything just the, just the amp to the speakers and i turn it on and it would just hiss mm. out of all channels i'm like what the hell is this um so i i localized the problem to the amp um, so I it's, even it's, contacted, not, it's not like you're getting dirty power or something to it, right? No, it's not. I've even got everything hooked up to a Panamax. So oh. like my power is clean. Yeah. <clears throat> I even thought it might've been the Panamax. So I, right. you know, unplugged it, just plugged it into the wall and just tested mm-hmm. it that way. I tested every which way and I contacted Outlaw. I'm like, what's going on? They're like, based on what you've told us and what you've done with troubleshooting, we think it's probably a problem with the amp. Mm-hmm. So you could send it back to us and we can repair it. Right. And I, and I went back and forth with them. And long story short, it probably cost me about $100 to ship it back because it's a 100-pound yeah, amp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and if it was a problem with one of the channels, then they could just replace it. But, like, if they were to replace whatever module they needed um, within the, the channel, like, that itself would be 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. And the problem was coming out of every single channel. So, theoretically... Oh. It could have been a $700 repair plus like $200 minimum just shipping it. I'm like, right. I don't see this as happening. So I I, I didn't know what to do because as you know, Sam, I had just purchased all these yeah. movies. Yeah. You, and you I have, have yet to see Tenet. Yeah. Oh, no. Um. So... And I, I was just right outside my five-year warranty window. Oh, Ain't wow. nothing that we could do about that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know about you, Sam, but I thought stuff like this is just supposed to last forever. I mean, well, I've the had... solid-state stuff for sure, right? Like the things with moving parts, you know, you can see them go. But like an amp, yeah. 
I mean, right. there's no nothing to wear there. I mean, you could you could overdrive it and burn it out that way, right? But maybe I, I, see, not, I don't not know. In this I'm home, sort right? of a dummy with this, yeah. and like I have ProLogic, Dolby ProLogic amp, you know, receivers that that still work that are 25, 30 years old. Right, right, right. So that's been my experience with this with electronics in general is mm-hmm. that they just work. They just work forever until like you drop it and it doesn't work. Well, why don't so, you ship it out to them and have them at least you know do the 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 tech review and maybe they can figure something out that's not going to cost you a whole amp. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, 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 well, or, here's what I did. Or you can use this mm-hmm. as an excuse to get something bigger. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, of course, all these all these options ran mm-hmm. through my head. Yeah. Now, fortunately for fortunately for me. To get me through this interim phase here, I just uninstalled the amp, uninstalled my preamp, mm-hmm. and went back to using a, a Yamaha 7.1. That right. was a pretty decent receiver. Sure, um, it didn't, you know, it was it, it didn't produce a lot of noise, so I was mm-hmm. I'm at least happy with its performance. Um, so so that's what I got up and running now. Okay. And, and the amp is just over in a corner now, and I, I don't know if I really want to go through the trouble of sending it back just for them to confirm that it's something's wrong with it when I kind of know that it is. Yeah. And then I don't know. Yeah. So I, I know we want to get, what... get to our guests, but I would, my, my recommendation would always be to ship it back and see what they say. Cause it might be something that you're not even thinking of, you know? Yeah, maybe, but this stuff's not supposed to happen, man. I know. I know. It's a uh, 2021. We're in the middle of a pandemic, Brian, bad things happen to good people. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to wait until I move again and set up okay. my proper home theater to, to get back into the amplifier game. I'll just yeah, stick you, with my Yamaha for now. Yeah. You're, you're out of warranty anyway. So that, that's a bummer, dude. dude. Yeah, but just shit shouldn't break down after five years though. That's all I'm saying. You know, if, if I know you're coming back out to Maryland at some point, if if you if you take a car ride rather than an airplane, I got a I got a single HDMI 2.1 Denon you can have in about two weeks. <laughs> uh, nice man. Hey, speaking of disasters, uh, and again, I don't want to belabor this, but you have not seen the Matrix uh, uh, Resurrections yet, right? So your team, no spoilers still. Team, no spoilers. Haven't seen it yet. God no, damn it. Right. So don't say anything about it. I wish I could, Brian. I, I went to see it on opening day on the first showing in IMAX. And AMC is only showing it in IMAX last week. There's no IMAX, no Dolby shows this week. And the show that I went to, the bastards either forgot or failed to do the D- DRM unlock so they couldn't show the movie, and they sent 300 people home screaming. Was it the first showing of yeah. the day? Yeah, yeah, the first showing anywhere. So 3 o'clock and in the They hadn't, afternoon. like, tested it when they got it, huh? No, no. Apparently, because of the way the DRM works, you got to wait till a certain window of time, and uh, if you fail oh. that, you are colossally screwed. Dude, yeah, I hope somebody so, got fired over uh, that. I don't want anybody to get fired. You know that, Brian. But the guy's like, well, we'll give you a, a pass. And I'm like, I don't want a pass. I'm on subscription here. A pass does me no good. Well, you can bring a friend to the next one. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to wait for 300 people to do that. Mm. So screw AMC, even though A-plus is the best thing in the world. <laughs> Dude, I would be livid. I mean, you just wasted like a whole evening. Probably took you. Dude, like, I you took know, a half a day to... off from work to go oh. see it. 
It cost me half a day of work. Dude, that so, freaking blows, dude. But all that bad news is in our rearview mirror, Brian, because we have Adrian Silva from Stuart Film Screen to tell us about my next purchase. <laughs> you with us, Adrian? I'm here, gentlemen. That sounds exciting. <laughs> it, it, it is. And I, I should mention, I, I, um, for, the, for those that missed it on the podcast, my, my theater flooded, and uh, the, um, the, the room is being remediated right now. Everything's done. And uh, when they did the repaint, they took my old screen off the wall, so that's completely down. So I'm thinking upgrades in my future, which makes this... Uh, conversation all the more timely for me adrian so we're ready to dig in and talk to you a little bit about the history of stewart and what you guys are doing and what you got going on you ready i'm ready i'm ready Dots. thank you okay what can you tell us about stewart have you guys always focused focused exclusively on screens because that's what we know you for for the last 75 years uh stewart film screen has been focused exclusively on uh projector screens and oh. fabrics so okay. you've got your systems and you've got your fabrics. Uh, Stuart has been manufacturing those, like I said, for the last 75 years. Very, very cool. And um, we, we know that um, you guys um, have a whole dealer network and you have a bunch of fabrics. And, and basically every install is designed to be perfectly matched with each individual room and each individual owner's wants and needs. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Before I get into that, so I'll, I'll kind of give you just a brief history of Stuart Film Screen. And, and, you know, so they started making projector screens for Hollywood studios and um, certain pioneering theme parks uh, as far back as the 50s. And then when you fast forward to 2022, the company is still family owned and, and now it's operated by its owner and CEO, Mary Stewart. Um, you know, and they continue to, like I said, manufacture projector screens for movie studios, theme parks, aerospace, commercial, residential, right? Home theater. Um, and what they constantly to kind of answer your question here is Stuart film screen has this policy where they're constantly, um, improving their product. Um, they may retain the same product name, but it could be on a, you know, it's newest generation because of the latest and greatest projectors that have hit the market. Um, Stuart Film Screen has strong partnerships with all of the projector manufacturers of all price ranges and all, all um, calibers. So we're, you know, we're just like you, we're eager to get our hands on the latest and greatest projector technology so we can um, improve our material so it, it, it is uh, compatible with um, the new projector technology. And, you know, we're application based. So basically you give us the, the room, the projector, and then we have the ability to um, cook up is what I say, the correct um, fabric for the, uh, for the room. Awesome. Environment. Awesome. And, and you guys do audio transparent screens. You do gray screens, white screens. You, you've got a, a whole, you know, a whole catalog of different materials and stuff like that. So where, where do people start uh, when, when they're trying to figure out what they actually need? Yeah, so like um, we service, you know, um, all, uh, several verticals, as I mentioned, right? On the home theater side, um, you know, we definitely want to know what kind of room is it? Is it, is it a, a dedicated room, which means it's going to be completely dark? Um, is there medium ambient light? Is it high ambient light? Is it an auditorium? Um, you know, and then we have... Um, 
proper materials for that, right? We want to kind of know, um, is it going to be acoustic? Okay, so where are the seats? Uh, what projector is it? Um, how much light do you have, right? So that's the value of coming with uh, purchasing from Stuart Film Screen is we can deliver um, a customized product for your needs that's pretty much uh, future-proof. And so when you and I talked last week, you had mentioned that you, you guys have started moving towards selling things online as well. But you got uh, a, a a price matching uh, program going on where you know where, where your dealers and your your online folks are all at the same price point, right? Uh, that's correct. So we do have a handful of um, online uh, retail retail accounts um, or partners, I should I should say, um, across the United States. So uh, we do is try to get our our branding out um, a little bit more for visibility. Uh, we do have a huge um, end user fan base. Um, and yeah, everything that's online is at, uh, MSRP. So, you know, we're not competing with our local integrator. And that's cool. And so I spent some time looking at the, the Stuart film screen.com site, and you've got this little wizard like thing that will walk you through asking, you know, specifically, you know, how light or dark is your theater? What kind of projection are you going to use? And, um, you know, how big a screen do you envision? And it, it comes up with a pretty good list of suggestions on um, what, what um, you know, the, the, the general idea that somebody should be looking at is. And then you'll recommend a, a, a local um, installer to them. How, how does that, uh, you know, fit in with your strategy? Definitely. So again, remember we're application based, uh, which means you know, we're going to ask several questions. You might just say, geez, I just want a projector screen. Well, when you're dealing with Stuart film screen, you know, because we serve, like I said earlier, the, the movie studio market, um, we, we want to know, um, or I should say, because we have been serving the movie studio market for so many years and residential, we want to know the application. Um, and that's why we ask questions, you know, is it, is it a dedicated room? Do you need motorized masking? I mean, how many foot lamberts um, are in the room? Um, how many lumens are on the projector? Um, that way we can um, deliver the correct material. So we're not about offering just any old material um, or maybe our most profitable material. Uh, although I do need to mention again that we manufacture all of our materials in-house and that's how we have the ability to have this uh, control over our inventory. So we ask, you know, a series of questions because we want to deliver the correct experience, um, you know, to, for, for the customer. That's awesome. That's, that's really cool to, to have it all in, in one, you know, in, in, in one, uh, centralized location is pretty cool. I know Brian's ears must've perked up when you mentioned the, uh, automated masking. And I don't know if you guys can, <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear my cat wailing in the background. So I apologize no, to any of no. our listeners that can hear that um but uh he, he's ready for to get back to some home theater too uh so what, yeah <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> so this, this has been one of those subjects that i've been trying to figure out i, I need yeah. some guidance on for yeah sure. yeah so why don't you tell us a little bit about both the automated and the uh the manual masking that you guys offer because both of those are are considerations for me for sure Definitely. So uh, motorized masking, uh, it's actually a super fun product, um, or I should say products. We have two options. So just take a look at your basic fixed frame um, screen, right? So what we do is we can put motors into uh, behind the frames and um, then we would um, install masking, right? And then those motors 
would operate the masking. You can start off with something called the director's choice, which has four-way masking, which means your masking panels are gonna come in um, horizontally and vertically, right? And then we have something called the, and, and most of that on the director's choice, you can order that like, um, and maybe a native 16 by nine or your biggest, highest and widest format. And then you mask down from there. Generally what uh, customers do is they'll go wall to wall or, and ceiling the floor for that type. And then what that does is just give you, gives you unlimited um, masking options for any formats, right? And let's just say you're, you know, you're super into the, the movies, widescreen is, is a factor and you want the motorized masking. We have something called the Vistascope, which allows you to mask in from the left and right. So you would order that in the widest format, let's say 240 format, and then you can mask all the way down to four by three. But we have so many presets with our control technology that you can hit pretty much any um, um, format that, that you will, you know, whether it's a, uh, you're watching The Wizard of Oz or, you know, the latest Matrix, uh, we can hit all of those um, um, uh, formats. And then um, we have one more masking screen on the fixed side called the wall mask, which um, is a little bit more on the entry level side, a little bit more simpler. Um, you can order that like in widescreen and then drop panels down to 16 by nine. And then what's also very cool that what Stuart has is we like to think outside of the box. We have electric roll down screens that we build with motorized masking. I'll oh, give wow. an example. Mm -hmm. Let's say you want to go example. You want to go inside the ceiling. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, Hey, I want to watch movies. Um, uh, not dropping it in front of a TV. I also want to watch the game or something like that in 16 by nine. So, you know, you install your screen inside the, um, inside the ceiling with the native, uh, two, four, Oh, or two, three, five, two, three, five format. And then when you're ready to watch, you know, the ball game or something, you just push a button from your control system or even our remote control. And then we drop panels, um, down that allows you to have a 16 by nine image now very popular that's very cool so l l just so i'm getting this straight so on the director series you've got a four-way control right so that you can you know match it to pretty much you know anything from you know square to you know super ultra wide as necessary but correct all the other ones uh, are designed to start as wide as possible so it's uh you know, I guess that's constant image height, and then you change the width to to match up. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. Yeah, because I, I know that the terms constant image height and constant image width get thrown around a lot, and I just want to be clear that it sounds like that this is, you know, the constant height, and then you determine how wide you want to go uh, to, to fit the, the format of the, the stuff that you're watching. Definitely, yeah. So on the constant... Uh image height, that would be something called the Vistascope. Mm -hmm. uh, we, and we took it a step further uh, over the last, I wanna say 18 months. So on the director's choice and the Vistascope, we have decreased our borders. So if you look at a fixed frame, right, it has the, you, get, you can see fixed frames in the market anywhere from half inch border up to, you know, I don't know, five inch borders, right? Mm -hmm. So um, on some of these masking screens, um, the borders can get, you know, pretty big. So what we've done on the Evo, the Vistascope, I'm sorry, the Director's Choice Evo, we've gotten our borders down to six and a half inches, which is huge. Um, and which I say it's huge, but it's huge for us because you know we have the smaller borders now. Um, and then on the Vistascope, we have decreased the borders to four and a half inches. And then we are in the uh, design stages for the wall mask, uh, which 
could be a good fit for your uh, your new screen. Uh, we will have smart, smaller borders for that as well coming in uh, sometime in 2022. Oh, neat. That's really cool. And and so just to be clear, right, the, when you have smaller borders, that's more room on your wall that you can use for actual film uh, content. You said it. You yeah, said it. Yeah. So, yeah, you said it. More viewing equals more viewing material. Um, you know, more reference viewing material if it's a Stuart film screen. Mm-hmm. And and so would you guys say that you sell more 16 by 9 or ultra wide or do you not keep track of that kind of thing? Um, so 16 by 9 has been uh, uh, a big factor just, you know, over the I would say, over you know, for a while. Right. Just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, we are seeing I mean, yes, I mean, it's it's pro- it, there's a big uh, difference between, you know, our sales with 16 by 9 versus um you know, two, three, five. Um, when we're not talking about masking, I think I think at a certain price point, um, the customer comes to a decision where it's like, okay, I'm not going to do motorized masking. Okay, um, that's just not going to happen. I'm right. I'm going to spend most of you know my coin on on my projector, right? So, do I go 16 by nine? Do I go widescreen format? What should I do? And I'm going somewhere with this. Um, so, we say, look, if you're on a budget. Okay, which I would be. I yeah. am. Um, I'm on a budget. Sure. Um, you're on a budget, and you're indecisive, right? You know you're going with a fixed frame. You know you're going with a fixed frame for sure. Mm-hmm. And you're 50% movie. You're 50% sports, um, or 16 by nine uh, content. Uh, I don't know what screen to buy, right? And I have problems with with you know the black bars and you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We developed something called uh, we've we've had these Stewart's had these for years. I've been on board for uh, about two and a half years, and um, I accidentally um, found out about something called manual masking panels. Now it's not that they weren't that they were hiding these from me. It's just it wasn't talked about. So I'm like, hey, this right. is cool uh, because there is the big dilemma: do I go um, 16 by nine or do I go 235? I don't know what to what to purchase, but I'm not going to spend money on a motorized masking system. Right. Right. So Stuart film screen has these manual masking panels and we deliver them to the market. I want to say about like where we really kind of marketed them and pushed them and got our reps involved and our retailers. Um, so now the customer can order his widescreen fixed frame. Okay. Example, wall screen deluxe or wall screen 2.5. Mm-hmm. And like I said, two, three, five or two, four Oh format or whatever widescreen format they want. Cause we're unlimited. We can manufacture, just about any format. Um, then you order your manual masking panels um, at, a, at a fraction of the cost of the screen, and now you have both. You have right. you, you've solved your your problems, right? You you have your widescreen image, and then when you're ready to watch 16 by nine, you just clip on those manual masking panels, and you're good to go. Yeah. So Brian Brian knows that I, I have been an advocate for 16 by nine projector projector screens uh, for years because that you know they're you know, all of the HDTV, all the video games are, uh, you know, all the sports are in that format. Uh, but that's at the cost of getting, you know, the best performance for ultra widescreen movies, which, you know, our home theater forum guys are just absolutely gaga over. And so using those manual panels, Brian, uh, kind of changes that calculus a little bit. So, you know, you start with the ultra wide. So the, the content that's most important to you, not, not the most available, but the most important, 
you know, those ultra widescreen movies are going to look crisp and perfect on those. And then when you're ready to video game or, you know, watch some sports or something like that, you take, you know, five minutes and throw those panels on and you're good to go. And it, it's formatted it perfectly and you're using that space, you know, the way it was designed. So that definitely sounds like something both Brian and I would be interested in in the future. No, that's for great sure. News. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the things like t- for me, it's, it's all about replicating that theatrical experience, you know, back in the day, you know, I, I always talk about, I always bring up, I go in the theater and you'd see a one eight five screen. And then all of a sudden, you know, the lights dim and those curtains open up. Oh, wait a second. The screen's actually bigger. Yeah. We're going to get a bigger <laughs> movie. Yeah. So I want that for my basement. I really do. And if, yeah. if, if it's a motorized matting or if I got to go up there and throw something up there, I, you know, that that's of less concern to me. I just want the two, the, the two, three, five experience to be a wider experience than the, than the one eight five or 16 by nine. So, but, but to me, you know, isn't it also a question of how you match this configuration up with the projector? I mean, it's, it's like a two, two-pronged approach here. It's like you need a screen and then you need the projector that kind of accommodates this, don't you? You want to take that, uh, Adrian? Yeah. Um, as far as, like, are you asking if you need a, a projector <clears throat> to accommodate a masking screen? Well, so so most of the films, just my anecdotal evidence, are are framed in that two three five or two four zero aspect ratio. So if I get the projector all set up for that, and I don't see the black bars projected onto the screen, um, if I were to then just put in a regular old uh, or an, a one point eight five movie, then the top and bottom are getting cut off unless I make some sort of adjustment. Sure. So most project. Let's see if I understand this correctly. So if you have um, example, let's say you have a masking system, right? Um, whether it's um, manual or motorized. Um, most projectors today, most projectors today, even your popular selling cost-effective projectors that are flying off the shelf when they're in stock, um, you know, those have memory. So if you know you're going from two, three, five to sixteen by nine, you can dial in that that um, that you know view height and width distance on those formats, and then you know at the push of a button. Those projectors will, um, you know, memorize, you know, your height and widths of what you're trying to achieve. Okay, I, I hope so that answers your question. I think it does, but then it leads me to my next question, which is, um, considering what the native resolution of these projectors may be, which one of those aspect ratios is is getting? And, and maybe I'm off on this, but I'm just assuming that which one of those aspect ratios is is getting stretched or compressed to to, to, to be projected. Ah, I see what you're, I see what you're saying. That's a good question. So I guess it depends on the, on, you know, whatever the native resolution of the projector is. And then if you're, you know, switching all, let's say it's, I don't know, two four zero format. And then, you know, you're switching over to 16 by nine. I mean, there are other, um, you know, devices in the market, um, that, that will help compensate with that where you're not, uh, sacrificing, uh, pixels. Um, I think I think that's what you're getting at is is you know what what um, format is going to be. Um, right. So that's like a panamorph lens. Is that one of those? Could be, or there's other software in the market mm-hmm. uh, that you know you can. Um, let's say you want to mask from you know two three five to two four zero to sixteen by nine, and right. let's just say the the projector. I'm talking kind of crazy. Is not is is not a native of any of those formats I just mentioned. There are other you know 
technologies out there that will allow you to mask to those formats without sacrificing, you know, um, image quality or image fidelity, if you will. So, so can I get a native 235 screen? Or, I mean, a projector? Not in the consumer market, right? I don't That's know. That's a good question. I, I, I'm not familiar with any. Mm, okay. But, but again, <laughs> Brian, there, there's, you know, as he says, there's, there's like these panomorph lenses and you combine them with the, the memory functions of the, the projectors yeah, yeah. and, you know, you can optimize what, you know, what the projectors, you know, putting out, whether it's, you know, turning off yeah. pixels or things like that. I mean, you, you right. can't change the native resolution, right? That you, you, you cannot, right. I mean, you, that's why you, I call it native. Yeah. You cannot change sure. the law of physics, captain. But all right, so but so, you can so you question. can optimize. So, so last question: what, what what do I do for for Dark Knight or Interstellar shifting aspect ratios? Ah, good question. I didn't even that's have good, that one listed. That, <laughs> that's a good question. So, um, you know, it's 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 a combination of you know the projector, the screen. Um, like I said, there's some other technology out there um, that that can help compensate for that without um, distorting the image, right? So, I mean, as far, what I can tell you on our side is, if you know, you really wanted to watch um, a, a your your content in its true native format, um, number one, you would order your screen in that format, right? Or number two, your masking screen would mask to that specific format and then you're able to enjoy, you know, the dark night. But but uh, even that, even those motorized things will not change in the middle of a movie without you <laughs> readjusting, right? Oh, um, I don't I now that that's a great question. Um they will change. I don't know if 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 the um if the content is changing, uh, I mean at half a second, I don't know if the technology is going to keep up with that, but like I said there 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 is some technology uh, we can kind of talk offline about that that's available where, you know, it would be worth the investment. Like if you're looking for something of that caliber, we have there, there's our technology mixed with, you know, a third party control system um, that can, you know, help you achieve, you know, what you're asking for. Mm, that definitely sounds like it's out of my budget. Not <laughs> variable, <laughs> variable masking at the snap of a finger. Yes. That's it. That's, like 27 that's times during the movie. Choo, 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 choo. <laughs> Well, I, I'm gonna have to put that in the, uh, the the next decade bucket, I think. So look, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> such a problem, you know, to the home theater experience. Oh, but these... I I need me my Christopher Nolan the way he intends on <laughs> intends on it being viewed. Yeah. So well, I, you know what? That's you're not the you're not a problem at all. That's what everybody wants. Right. I mean, all of the you know us movie enthusiasts. That's what we want. And and you you said it right now. You want to watch the movie the way it was intended, the way it was made, and that's the value of going with the Stuart film screen. Yeah, we make materials, we make fabrics. Okay, I'm talking about the viewing material for movie studios, and and 99.9 percent .9 of the time they're using, um, you know, Stuart film screen material, and that's been that's been going on since the 50s, um, and it's not to gloat or brag. There's just a certain spec that that you know um they require and fortunately stuart film screen is able to meet that spec and uh, w w would i be correct in saying that the majority of installations i guess since the dawn of time in traditional movie theaters have been acoustically transparent screens that's a great question um that 
That is a great question. I I mean, it's not it's, you don't have to carve it in stone. I'm just saying, like, the theatrical experience provides mm -hmm. for an acoustically transparent screen because the speakers are behind the screen. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, you know, you do see, like, uh, speakers, you know, throughout the, the, the rooms, right? Um, all, they're still behind the... Uh, the viewing material, but you also see them throughout the room. So all of the installs that I have been involved with um, over the last two years in a theatrical setting have had acoustic material. Um, and, you know, the cool factor about what we do, um, which is kind of a standard in like the commercial setting, but on the home theater side is, you know, all of our material is T8. When we make, when we micro perf, we have, a, so the general market, has something called perforation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Stuart film screen. Um, they have a, a, a product called micro perf and ah. they built their own machine, which is THX, uh, Lucas film certified. So you're not going to see that from any other. Okay, you're only so going to get that at Stuart film screen. Micro perf is just a smaller perforations. Uh, it's super small micro, right? Uh, perforations. Um, you know, we ask for the projector, um, that way, you know, we're going to, we're going to build the material to eliminate something called moray. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with yeah. that. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, there's a no moray policy at Stuart film screen. It, it's just kind of blasphemy there. It, it just does not happen. And, and that, um, that, that's also the laser sparkles and hot spots too, right? You guys, your materials minimize both of those. If I understand right. Well, you can, you can general, you can minimize hot spotting by, you know, putting, you know, taking our material right with in, it, in its proper environment. Mm -hmm. Um, and with the projector, you take a, um, recommended throw distance from the projector and from the, uh, material, right? So for example, if a projector has a certain amount of lumens and a customer will call us and say, Hey, I want the, um, um, you know, Studio Tech 130 G4, which has a 1.3 gain. It's one of our hottest set selling mm -hmm. materials in the market. If you look it up, it, it's kind of a no brainer. And, um, you know, we have that market for that 1.3 gain Matt White, right? So if you call one of our sales engineers, um, you can just easily say, you know, hey, here's, here's the, your cost for the screen. Here's your local dealer. Um, and, and be done with it. No, but we, we want to know, Hey, well, what's the projector? How many lumens are there? You know, how far are you sitting? How, what's the throw distance? Because if you've got a 5,000 lumen projector, um, and you know, you have a, a, a limited throw distance and you're fairly close, close to the screen. Um, we might have to steer you to something called studio tech 100. You're not going to need right. that 1.3 gain. As a matter of fact, right. you might be a little too close. So, and I'm just kind of throwing out different scenarios here. Okay. Um, so that's why we, that's why you hear me say that we're application based and, sure. and 95% of our product line, whether it's a Matt white, like a reference, Matt white studio tech, 100, 130 mm. G4, or if it's an ambient light rejecting material, Firehawk G5, Phantom Haler Plus, which is, I'm kind of giving you guys a little teaser that has not been released to the market yet. That's going to oh, be Oh, hang huge. on a second. Exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, most of those materials are all Unity pricing. Okay. See, and that, that's important to know. When, when, you're, when you're dealing with Stuart Film Screen 
were not trying to push a specific material. I guess, I guess, hold on, let me, let me, the material we are trying to push on you is, is, is going to be the correct one mm -hmm. for your application, right? We're not going to tell you to use a, uh, matte white in a, um, ambient light, re, you know, ambient light, a high ambient light environment. Right. And we're not going to tell you or suggest you to use an ambient light rejecting screen in a dedicated room. Now you do what you want. You're the customer, but we're mm -hmm. going to over, you know, we've learned over 75 years what to do and what not to do. I mean, Stuart film screen has perfected this. Um, so, and that's the value there. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of going back to, you know, what you said, Brian, about, um, watching the movie the way it was intended to be watched. So it's, it's awesome to know that, Hey, we may be building this, this system and, um, uh, screen material for this specific, uh, director, right. And, and potentially when you order your screen, we can ha actually have that same fabric in your home. That's watching cool. it the way the movie director <laughs> intended it to be watched on. That, yes. That's just the reality. Hey, give me James Cameron's screen <laughs> to go take it from his uh, basement. Right. <laughs> or so, Douglas Trumbull. Yes. So Adrian, uh, we, we kind of went past that pretty quickly and I want to make sure that we're, we're clear to, to, to use that product name, but can you tell us a, a, the name again and a little bit more about it? Oh, are you referring to the Phantom Haler plus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, I don't know anything about that and I didn't see anything on the website about it. No, it's, it's a, it's a new product. Um, we've been, um, we've been showing it, uh, across the, uh, United States, um, mm -hmm over the last six months and great feedback. Um, one thing I can tell you is, um, it, it, it is a, a screen built for high ambient light environments. Okay. And, um, the, the colors are amazing. I'll leave it there. Okay. Well, that, that doesn't track with my needs. So, uh, that's not going to make me wait till next year then. So that, that's good news for me. <laughs> so, um, can you tell us, you, you mentioned some of your industry uh, partnerships, and uh, we, we've been pretty excited about the one that you've got uh, with Kaleidoscape. I know Brian is hot and heavy to get one in his theater once he's back up and running in a new home. Uh, and we just had those guys on the show a couple weeks ago. So can you tell us a little bit about that deal and what, what's going on there? That's awesome. I, yeah, great. Uh, we're, we're so excited to... Um you know, be in the con the same conversation as a Kaleidoscape. I mean, they just deliver the ultimate, uh, playback experience. And like I said, we're, we're very excited to partner with them. Um, you know, it was, it's funny cause, um, we, uh, you know, we talk with their marketing team and our marketing team. Um, and, uh, I, I had been seeing online that they've been partnering with like some of the biggest brands, right? Like Sony, Trinov, Lutron, uh, Meyer sound, it's new voice, um, uh, controlled home automation company called Josh AI, very popular. And then, you know, I remember thinking like, wow, it'd be awesome to partner with uh, Kaleidoscape. And next thing you know, it's a reality. So, um, you know, they, they do bring, uh, you know, seamless, you know, 4K UHD with HDR content, um, image fidelity to the market, right? And, you know, what's awesome about that is so does Stuart Film Screen. Right. We are some of if you look at some of the specs on our materials, uh, you know, like I said, we're asking questions. Hey, are you trying to achieve HDR? Are you trying to achieve right. 4K UHD? I mean, when you partner when you when you uh, partner with like Clydescape 
and you know film screen material from Stuart film screen it's pretty much a match made in heaven you're it's it's the way um you're supposed to be viewing that particular uh piece of content so um you know we're, we're and you know we'll we'll take it a step further um they have some certain uh control options that um help um control lighting themes and adjustable mm -hmm. shades in the market and um, some of them, you know, simple 12 volt triggers. Well, we've learned that, hey, this this can communicate with our masking system as well. Ah, right. So, OK. Yeah. So it all ties in. Right. We're, we're yep. part of the puzzle. You have your projector, your Kaleidoscape, your, you know, your motorized masking system. Uh, you may have, you know, like your Josh AI and some other uh, shades um, lighting. It all ties in and it's all part of the puzzle. So we're super excited to be part of this, like be in the same conversation as uh, Kaleidoscape. That that's really cool. Like like I said, uh, you know, for the last 20, 30 years of my journey in the hobby, it was mostly in the the bang for the buck realm. And so, you know, as I'm starting to look at higher quality displays, higher quality screens and projectors, I don't know if I've mentioned it, but I've you know I've got the new JVC uh, 8K projector on order. So fingers crossed that comes soon. And I didn't want to watch that on a you know, a bang for the buck screen. I'm really looking forward to, to upgrading that. So, you know, tying that all together with a Kaleidoscape uh, sounds like a match made in heaven for me. So well, fingers well, crossed we, should, we can bring it all together. We should talk offline about, about your demo screen. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you why, right? On the, you know, if you look just, when you have a minute, go through the website, look at the director's choice, look at the Vista scope, look mm -hmm. at the wall mask. Um, you know, you mentioned you were into gaming as well. Yes. We'll pick the right material for, sure. for, you know, content watching and for gaming. And then, you know, when you, um, decide to make your, you know, your purchase, um, let's say you decide to go with, you know, the wall mask example, right. Mm -hmm. Um, or any of the, you know, Vista scope or director's choice, Kaleidoscape is offering, uh, a thousand dollars off MSRP, on um, any other qualifying models. Yeah, so that's what I was getting at with with the the the, the combo deal. That sounds like a a great combination. So I'm I'm definitely intrigued by that. Uh, I'm not ready to spend today, <laughs> but uh, definitely as the room gets back in shape, uh, I'm going to be looking at that very very hard. And so um, one of the the uh, screen types that you haven't talked about is the the Balan. Can you tell me? And I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Can you tell me what what the deal is with with that uh, system? Sure, the Balan. Yeah, yeah, is yeah, that the, how you pronounce it? Okay, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, the Balan. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. The Balan. Um, so the Balan is part of our fixed frame uh, family, mm -hmm. um, and um, it's one of our hottest selling screens. Um, so the Balan can be completely borderless. Okay. okay, where you have like no edge. Mm. Absolutely no edge. Um, and then we also have an option for a half inch border. Okay. Okay. And you can order that in pretty much any format with, I mean, on the home theater side, I call them the grade eight. We have um, eight popular fabrics um, for, on the home theater side um, for pretty much any application. Um, we also have ultra short throw materials that are that fit on the Balan edge as well mm -hmm. or Balan borderless um you know ultra short throw is a big category right now we have about five different um ultra short throw fabrics right remember we're application based so you know we have the high end uh, i'm sorry the high ambient light option but then let's say you're doing a short throw 
in a dedicated room. Well, let's get you a Studio Tech 100 uh, where you have that true uh, reference cinematic experience. Right. Um, and uh, we just, so the Balan Borderless and the Balan Edge, like I said, you choose if you want the frame or not. And, you know, if you need to, you can get different colors on, you know, the half inch border. Then there's also a, an LED kit that um, fits behind the screen as well. Um, yeah, I saw that on the website. That that sounds pretty interesting. So it's actually behind the screen. It's not around the sides of it. So yeah, there's a channel that we built um, for that where you can lace the uh, LED kit or the the I'm sorry the strips mm-hmm. uh, behind it, and then there's a, a, a little area where you can rest the um, the battery pack as well. That's pretty cool. Brian and I have talked about that the uh, we had uh, some of our um, calibrators in uh, on a previous show, and we were talking about the 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 concept of you know putting that. Uh, that bias lighting behind the screen. And we had noted at the time that, you know, you can't really do that with a projector. Well, I guess, uh, I guess we're in a brave new world where you really can. <laughs> you know, it's so popular. Um, and then the option we have, you can get several colors. Um, we're just seeing, you know, like I said, and we're compatible. Let's just say you don't want to use the led kit that we offer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to use a third party. That's fine too. We made sure that, um, we tested the channel, um, that houses the uh, LED strips with the popular LED strips in the market. Oh, so, cool. you know, whether you use ours or not. And, and you know, what's really cool about this third generation of the Balan, let's say you order the Balan borderless, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know what? Um, I think I want a border now. You, you, you give us a call or email, you give us the serial number mm-hmm. and then we can build that edge for you and send it out. Oh. It's compatible. And how, yeah, and how that, does that attach? That, go ahead. How does that attach? How do you build uh, that so, on? Yeah, there are, uh, it screws on through the back. Oh, okay. Simple. Yeah, very simple. And, and you can add the, um, the, the, um, the, the screens to change the aspect ratio on that too, or is that not part of the product? Uh, are you referring to the manual masking panels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the manual masking panels are not compatible with okay. the Balan Edge. So if you wanted right. to do um, the or use manual masking panels, you would use a product called the Wall Screen Deluxe. Okay, gotcha. Or the Wall Screen 2.5. And since we're on the subject, we have a series of frames called the Wall Screen series. Okay, mm-hmm. which is which is very cool because um, if you wanted a frame, you know width of 1.5 inch, 2.5 inch, three and a quarter inch, or 3.75 inch. We have an actual frame that's dedicated for, um, you know, ultra short throw aside of the Balan edge. Mm. We, we have all those frame sizes. I see. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the value of, of, uh, Stuart film screen is, you know, we're, we're pretty much unlimited. So technically you, you can start off at no border and then, you know, work your way up, up to like a 3.75 inch. And then, it, I mean, in, within, you know, home theater. Yeah. Well, it, 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 as I've been thinking about my own personal journey, I'm definitely, le- I, I love having the black border for sure, but I'm definitely leaning towards going thinner and thinner so we can use more of the wall space. I, unfortunately, I don't think I'm going acoustically uh, transparent, so I've got to have it uh, in between the speakers. So that definitely changes uh, how much space I've got available. Sure. Understood. Yeah. Okay. Um, and 
you know, you've mentioned that your materials have, you know, changed and updated over the years as well. And uh, all your stuff is, I, I think you're actually claiming, uh, you know, pixel perfect at 16K or is it 8K? How, how does that work? Yeah, so we have products that are compatible with, you know, 16K projectors. Uh, you know, like I said, we're, we're heavy in, you know, aerospace and, and the commercial community. So um, those projectors are uh, maybe same same brand, right, as the home theater, but just of a mm -hmm. different caliber. Yeah. So we do have materials that we make, um, you know, for those um, uh, specific projectors as well. And, you know, just standard, you know, HD or 4K, 8K. Um, a lot of our stuff, we, we say it's future proof, but one thing that's also very valuable about Stuart Film Screen, let's say you purchased your Bolan Edge, okay, and, um, you know, you're happy with it, and then, I don't know, three years, you just, in three years, you decide you want to change your room to a media room, right? Mm -hmm. um, you may call me and say, hey, I want to, you know, just purchase a um, another Bolan Edge, and I'm going to say, uh, let's not do that. Why don't you just give me the serial number? I'll look up your order and find the serial number, and then we'll manufacture a material that supports a media room. So all you have to do is um, replace just the material. Oh, okay. At, that's at, yeah. Interesting. Like, so you see what I'm saying? Sure. So, um, th and that's happening, you know, I, I think you guys were talking about um, some products today that, that, you know, it's been five years and Brian, I think you said it where something's not supposed to break in five years. I mean, we're getting calls from, you know, uh, customers that have had our screens for 20 years and, um, you know, they're ready for a rescreen. The, the motor's still working, right, after 20 years. So that's just, you know, that says something. The products are built to last. That's awesome. That's, that's really great. So uh, as we start to wrap up, uh, you'd mentioned that uh, <laughs> you're, you're in a, a little bit of a, um, you know, looking at bang, bang for the buck for your own home theater. Can you talk a little bit about what you've got at home? Sure. Well, right now I absolutely have nothing. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you get that at work, huh? Um, <laughs> you can watch all the movies I, you want to work. <laughs> you know what it is too. I'm in. Um, I'm in a. Uh, I'm undecided right now. Do oh. I want to go? Some of the some of the dedicated room products that Stuart has are amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been in this. I say the screen game um, for the last twelve years. And then I, like I said, I've been with Stuart for about two and a half years, um, and just seeing some of their um, uh, matte whites in its proper environment, amazing the mm -hmm. color fidelity. But then I see some of their ambient light rejecting uh, materials that they offer as well. Um, and you know, Stuart is you know pioneers of ambient light rejecting technology. Sure. Um, and then you know the new Halard Plus that's coming. It's just okay. What do I do? Um, uh, for me, I'd probably, you know, uh, I like the Boulogne edge. I like that thin look. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we are fans of the thin look, but also we do like the, uh, cinematic experience where you have, you know, the velvet border. Um, and then with all the different formats of movies today, it's like, geez, do, do I, do I just save up and, and, you know, order the masking system? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, because for me, um, being in this industry, being in, you know, video home theater, um, uh, the bars do bother me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan. Sure. I'm, re I'm really not a fan. Um, and then I'll take it a step further, right? Yeah. Man? See those <laughs> bars, those goddamn bars. <laughs> we, we've so, had a conversation or two about the bars over the year. So yeah, or three. <laughs> yeah. 
and and that's 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 who, that's who we are. We solve that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll kind of take take it a step further um, on the acoustic side, right? Knowing that, hey, do I want to put in wall speakers, right? Because I see some of the freestanding speakers in the market; they're just amazing. Right. Um, but if we go in wall speakers, you know, um, I really want to go with that THX certified material, mm-hmm. um, using the best of the best, you know. But Stewart also has a new option called the Harmony G2. Which is in a which is a weave type of fa- fabric. It's been around for I want to say maybe twelve to fourteen months, and um, it's nothing but great feedback. So again, at, at this point, it's just you know I need to just lay out my plan and figure out you know what I want to do, um, and then just me internally knowing how many different options that Stuart has, um, it, it just you know it's a little challenging for me. But like I said on on. The customer side, you know, the big, the big um, uh, choices are, you know, if you're not going to go motorized masking, do I go two, three, five, or do I go sixteen by nine? Mm-hmm. You know, now we have the manual masking panels. Oh, but it's a media room. We have, you know, products like Firehawk G5. Um, you know, it's like, well, my projector is going to hit HDR. Um, it's going to work a little harder when it hits HDR. No worries, we have Studio Tech 130 G4 for that. Yeah. Hey, I'm using the, lo- the new laser projector with this amount of lumens, dedicated room. Uh, don't worry, we have Studio Tech 100 for that. So we, you know, pr- application based. So I know when I'm ready to make my decision, uh, you know, on the projector screen side, Stuart Film Screen will take care of me. But I'll tell you this, we've got, we've got um, production staff that's been with the company for 30 plus years. I think that's amazing. But I also, but I also have to say that we do have in uh, office staff, some of our sales engineers that have been in this, you know, and been at Stewart for 20 plus years, and they have Stewart Film Screen products, not w- more than one. They have different uh, um, frame options, different material options with, you know, different projectors. So um, when you do call our, our sales line, you, you, you know, you might, you know, talk to somebody named July, and he's going to tell you what he's using in his home. Right. And, and you're just getting pure truth pure reference material, pure, the correct gain from Stuart film screen. That's awesome. Well, that, that was an awesome conversation. Brian, did you have any follow-up questions? Uh, just one, uh, <laughs> you know, offhand, <laughs> this is a serious question. Um, what the recommended distance between the back of the screen and the front of the speaker on your front soundstage, for instance, what, what, what should that distance be? On 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 an on a perforated screen. Yeah, on a perf screen. Okay, on a perforated screen, that's a good question. Um, on a micro perf, um, it could be anywhere from twelve to four inches, and we've got this this uh, information um, exposed on our website. So it could be twelve to four inches. It just depends. We'll ask you a bunch of questions, right, on the projector and the speakers, mm-hmm. um, and then on the Harmony G two. You can actually get closer, so mm-hmm. okay. It just depends. I, yeah. yeah, I'd really and, want to try to minimize. It. I want to do that for the, my next theater, but I really want to try to minimize that space so it doesn't eat up in the space in the room. No, definitely. And you know, there, you know, and there are fixes too. Um, you know, for that on the on the audio side as well. So um, you know, I've been there two and a half years, and I've uh, we sell a lot of acoustic sound transparent. Um, fabrics, right? Um, Studio Tech 130 G4, Firehawk G5, Studio Tech 100. Um, I have not heard 
any complaints from a customer uh, saying, um, hey, I, I'm not able to get the material close enough to the speakers. Yeah, because uh, that's the one thing that bothers me is like I got Golden Air Triton 3s. And they're like the base, their base is like 16 inches long and I don't place them right up against the wall. So they're, they're out at least eight inches from the wall. They're another 16 inches and another, you know, six to eight inches in front of that. I mean, it's like, it's eating up considerable. Yeah. That's space like three feet. Right a lot of real right estate there. Right? there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's what you got to do to do it right. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. oh, definitely, I agree. So, um, yeah, and 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 you know, we're part of that. We're part of that application every day. Every day, we are part of that application. Now, we we're you know, on some of the some of the installs on the home theater side, and even on the commercial side, you know, we we're we're, we're NDA, so we you know we're not really you know exposing that, but we're part of this discussion every single day. Um, so you know, what you're in your situation, you know, we're, we're able to make it work. Well, awesome. I, I will definitely want to revisit this conversation when the time is right, for sure. I think, uh, think both Brian and I have a lot of research in our, uh, our near future here. Well, that's awesome, Adrian. I, I can't thank you enough for, for all the great information that you've given us. And, uh, if I understand right, you're going to stay and play a little good, good, bad and ugly with us. Is that right? I'm going to try. Let's do it. All right, we're going to start with an easy one. Sound good, Brian? We're going to go with mine to start with? Yeah, no, that's fine, Sam. Okay. But the same rules apply. Same no rules apply. Here. No, team no spoilers here, Adrian. Uh, my movie is Spider-Man No Way Home, which just came out last week. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to let Brian kind of poke yeah. and prod and make his choice first, and then we'll kick it over to you, Adrian. How about that? Okay, first, first question here, Sam. Yes, sir. Uh, why do you have why do you have Dolby Atmos listed? Because you saw it in Dolby Atmos. Is that I why? did? I saw it in the Dolby Cinema, and it was uh, Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos. Sorry, mm. I, I meant I meant Dolby Cinema, not Dolby oh, okay. Atmos. Sorry, Mr. Fancy Pants. All right. Yes. So, <laughs> Spider Man No Way Home. I mm -hmm. guess this would be the third Spider Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Mm, we had... Well, that now you're getting into spoiler territory, Brian. So. All right, whatever the <laughs> hell it is, it's the new Spider-Man with the, the the little kid. Yes. It's, it, what's his name? Tom. With Tom Holland with with yes. Zendaya. Okay. Yes. And they're cute. Okay, fine. Yes. Um, I don't know how this could be bad. I mean, for God's sake, these Marvel movies are so entertaining. Um, <clears throat> I would just venture a guess that this this you probably enjoy. I, you thought this was a good movie, Sam. I'm pretty sure that you thought this was a good movie just because the, 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 this cast is so likable. These, these these movies are so funny. Um, I, I can't see how this was bad. So, Adrian, what's your guess? Uh, I think uh, I have to agree with you. Um, just, you know, not knowing Sam for too long, but I, I, I want to say um, he's a fan of the original Spider-Man. Um, and uh, I think... Have you seen this movie yet, Adrian? I have not. Okay. I have not, but yeah. I um, I am in a circle with some people that have seen it twice. So okay, um, kind of yeah. I would have seen so, it twice had I not tried to see The Matrix in the same week. So. Ah, so so my question here, Sam, uh, back to the Tobey Maguire. You know, we had Spider Man One, then we had Spider Man Two, which was fantastic, mm -hmm. and then we had Spider Man Three, which kind of soured everybody. Um, did, did just generally speaking, did this take the same arc, 
I know it was probably entertaining. Mm. Spider-Man three, Spider-Man three with, with Tobey Maguire, that was entertaining as well. But it was just sort of a left a weird taste in your mouth. Yeah. I um, mean, or or was this even on a further upward trajectory? Well, keep in mind that there are four Spider-Mans, four Spider-Man tracks in the modern era, right? So you've got the Toby, you've got the Miles Morales, you've got the Tom Holland, and you got the other guy, Andrew Andrew Garfield. Garfield, yes. Uh, not to be confused with the the comic of the same name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I, I will, without saying good, bad, or ugly, I will say that it did not have any parallels to the play out of the previous Spider-Man journeys. Gotcha, gotcha. So you said you were going to see this twice had you not tried to go see Matrix, so I, I assume you enjoyed it. Well, I mean, I was going to try to see it with my nephew, so... You're, oh, you're ready. You're ready okay. for the drum roll. <laughs> yeah, man. Yes, uh, it was obviously a good movie. Uh, whether it was a great movie or not is certainly debatable. I will tell you that the nostalgia factor is very, very high. It plays. Uh, it it truly continues the Marvel Cinematic Universe into a new direction, which will be picked up. Uh, almost uh, directly by the next Doctor Strange movie. They've made that clear in the trailers, if nothing else. Mm. Um, there are, to say that there are surprises in this movie uh, would be an understatement. It is literally a trail of surprises and interesting takes on things. Throughout. Oh, cool. So uh, if you are a fan of the entire history of Spider-Man, you know, back to the 1960s, I think that you will find something to like in, in all of this. So, yes. Awesome. Def- that's, that's really good. Yeah, so I, I definitely recommend it. Uh, it will take multiple viewings to try to suss out all of the fan service in it, though. Let's put mm-hmm. it in yep. Okay. All right. So, uh, Adrian, um, y- you had a... Uh, a selection for us. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> so I I threw up a um a movie called A Christmas Story. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, why don't you go first on this? So, one? so Brian, I will tell you that my family makes a uh, a point to not only watching A Christmas Story, but we have in the past. Uh, watched multiple back-to-back episodes of A Christmas Story on the 24-hour marathon. And somehow this year, we did not watch a single minute of A Christmas Story. I I can't tell you what happened. I I know I brought home some some digital movies for my folks to watch, and we got to them the previous night. So I think everybody was just gassed out (laughs) this year, and we missed it. But we love A Christmas Story. Uh, we are a quotable Christmas story household, and I believe that if Adrian found this either bad or ugly, then we could not be friends. <laughs> you know, I, I I have to admit, I've only seen bits and pieces what? of this movie. Well, now I know. we can't it's be terrible. friends. It's terrible. <laughs> um but uh, I don't know. There's something about the way Adrian brought this up, where mm, it, it's just it, something it, in his voice. It 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 was I, suspicious, wasn't it? 
No, I quite the opposite. I felt oh. like it was it, he had an affinity for this movie. Okay. So so maybe that maybe there was a tell in there, or okay. it could be making something out of nothing I, here. I thought he was going the other direction, and he was the one person on the planet who didn't like it, and we were gonna I, have to I'm, fight. No, no. I'm gonna guess that Adrian, this is not the first time you've seen this movie. Just a guess here, because there is so much material now and this probably gets to your point sam but maybe you didn't find the time to watch just because there's so much goddamn material out there Mm. like where do you find the time these days it's tough i i i took a day to just catch up on stuff yesterday that had nothing to do with christmas so unless someone compelled adrian to watch this movie that he's never seen before and he's a huge christmas movie buff Mm-hmm. I, I would I would venture a guess that he's probably seen this before and just has an affinity for it and enjoyed the movie, so he he thought it was a good movie. That's my guess. All right, drum roll, please, Adrian. What what was this good, bad, or ugly for you? Good. Okay. Good. Yeah, Woo. you guys are on point. Uh, <laughs> definitely in the uh, uh, top yeah, during Christmas season. Um, there's about three movies I like to watch, and this is one of them since a kid. What are the other ones? Um, Elf oh, is one of them. Okay. Uh huh. Elf, you know, Elf is one of them, and then um, uh, the third. Oh my gosh, it left me. It left me, and I don't think I'm gonna find it, gentlemen. Well, while uh, while you think yeah, of this, it, this, this one here is uh, definitely a favorite, and nice. uh, yeah, that's awesome. You got the 24. See, that's something I would probably do. Is just and and I like to just have it on. Yep. And I didn't get to sit down and watch the whole movie this year, but I had it on in the background. Yeah, that's the way to and, do it. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. So, good stuff, good stuff. So, Brian, speaking of Christmas movies, I failed in my mission. I am sorry. I I purchased The Ref, but we did not get to watch The Ref this year. Oh, where'd you yeah. purchase it from? Uh, iTunes. Okay, you are going to love this movie, Sam. Yeah. Well, I wanted to watch it with my folks, and we wound up yeah. watching uh, James Bond instead. So a little, little bit different uh, than Christmas movies. Yeah, definitely watch with your folks. They're going to like it too. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll put that to 2022. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what do you got for us, uh, Brian? Before I get into my good, bad, and the ugly, I just want to make a quick mention of Dick Tracy. Okay. Um, I rewatched this movie, and I was surprised how well this movie holds up it does mm. not seem dated mm. it was really entertaining the script writing is superb the acting is superb the everything about this movie was so great and as i'm watching the movie i couldn't help but think while i love me some sin city it was amazing how much sin city borrowed from this movie really this I know was that a colorized I can, I can, sin city tw- like 20 years before sin city Mm. done just as good now the the bad guys i can see that on but was the actual vibe of the movie similar it's to not as, it's not as violent but it's mm. got like you know you're not really sure what time period is because it's got the old cars but it, then right. it's got the futuristic technology the communication technology so it's this it's this uh it's ambiguous time but it, it's you know obviously hyper stylized right and it holds up, dude. It was so entertaining. I couldn't believe it. Like I, I must have seen this movie three times in my entire life, and I enjoyed it the most watching it last week. Okay. Well, we'll right. add that to the list. Yeah. So oh, speaking of the list, before you get to yours, uh, oh my God, Brian, I, I was stuck in traffic for a long time going back and forth to Jersey. I devoured 
at least five episodes of films to be buried with. And I uh, have, I have taken to texting myself every time somebody recommends a movie that I have not seen or mm-hmm. not seen in a long enough time. I have 20 text messages from myself to, 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 for movies to see. Nice. Yeah. So that's, that's good. I, yeah. Like you got to do that. Cause it, leaving notes for yourself. Otherwise you're going to forget. Well, not only that, but it's just such an eclectic, group that he interviews adrian have yeah. you ever listened to this podcast it's called films to be buried with with brett goldstein ever heard i of have it? not I'm, I'm making a note right now though do you know who brett goldstein is he plays roy kent on um uh ted lasso is that the main character no no roy kent no. is is a side character who's very gruff but the guy is also one of the writers on the show and he he is completely unlike his character in real life. Could not be a sweeter fellow. Just absolutely encyclopedic encyclopedic memory for films. And so he gets on guests and they talk about, you know, the, what films have meant during their lives and there's 170 episodes and I've made it through maybe 15 right now and every episode I'm going, god damn it, now I got to watch five more movies. Because <laughs> they're yeah. such good recommendations. Noted. Anyway, Brian, what is your selection for the greatest films of 2021? Mortal, <laughs> Mortal Kombat. All right, we're gonna have to get a sound clip of that now because I, I I need to have the dun 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. time, yes. All right, Adrian. What little you know of Brian? Do you think that he found? The 2021 uh, Best Actor, Best Director, Best Movie, Best Script, Mortal Kombat, Good, Bad, or Ugly. Okay, so he mentions Dick Tracy, and yeah. if it's if it's the same Dick Tracy from like the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yep, that okay, one. I'm just yeah, yep, that was a good one. I actually went to the theater to watch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, AMC. me too, bro. Me yeah, too. I was a little tyke there. Um, and then you did mention earlier, uh, the dark Knight. Mm-hmm. I like dark Knight. I like, um, Dick Tracy. I did. I know it's not about me, but I did like the new mortal Kombat. I'm going to say, I'm going to say you did not like it, Brian. Ooh, he's going the different direction. I was going to actually take that tech too, because I think Brian might be, believe it or not, Adrian, I think Brian might be a Mortal Kombat purist. Oh. And, 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 the, and this one, hang on, Brian, right, and that right. this one did not live up to his expectations or high standards. <laughs> I, like the way, I like your tone of voice there, Sam. <laughs> yep. You son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the one sound clip we have, Adrian. Sorry. Yep. That, that puts us into the... Uh, the, the adults only been, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, Brian. All right. Good, better, right, ugly. Right. Mortal Kombat 2021. This movie... <laughs> You're so serious. Go ahead. <laughs> this movie mm-hmm. should have been... This movie should have been bad. Oh, okay. Wow. This movie surprised me. All right. Yeah, in right, the best right. kind of way. Yep. Fan service. Sam, Sam, what you were talking about. Yeah, it had a lot of fan service, but 
the bottom line on that, it was done in such a way that was not cringeworthy. Oh, no, no. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And easily could have been. Yep. Okay, so uh, did you guys catch this, this movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, twice now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I loved it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say I, I loved it. video but, game. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I loved it, but I think it was better than it had any right to be. It was so good. The cinema. I'm just gonna bullet real quick, <laughs> rapid fire here. Cinematography. Mm-hmm. That. I mean, th- I was starting to think that from that opening scene that this was going to be a film. That yep. this was going to be cinema. A state. Okay. And it almost held up that way instead of just like popcorn movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it sort of kind of ventured into popcorn movie, but it started off as cinema. It was violent as hell. The choreography was fantastic. The music was really good. I was surprised to hear that. You know, the, the Scorpion's origin story and how they frame that character, um, you know, versus Sub-Zero. None of this seemed forced. None of it. And, I mean, there's a, there was a scene of exposition that Sonya Blade has to get that, you know, or, or a scene or two. And all that exposition just had to get out and find... But 95% of this movie just did not seem forced. And I was so impressed with the way they managed to fit in all the fan service moments. Like, you know, when they talk about, you know, test your might or fight or finish him or just the concept of sparring. And, you know, you know how you play somebody in Mortal Kombat and the only one move they know is just the sweep kick and they over and over and (laughs) over again. They work that into the movie. Yep. And, you know, everybody gets their moment. Everybody gets their moment in this movie, even like the wife of the the main character who you thought was just like, you know, arm candy. She even gets her moment. And I'm happy. Besides that, there really wasn't any forced love story, which there really could have been. And I will tell you, Kano. Oh, my God. Worth 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 the price of admission here. At first, I saw Kano. I'm like, no, no, no. He doesn't compare to the 1995 Paul W.S. Anderson Mortal Kombat movie. Like, that guy was awesome, okay? And I saw this guy. I'm like, eh, not quite as good. But then, then I was surprised on how funny they made this character. Yep, You know, pass me a goddamn egg. Pass me a motherfucking egg roll, whatever it was. That whole scene, like, and he's calling people Gandalf. Uh, MC Hammer, David Copperfield. <laughs> uh, I'm like, holy crap! The acting was really good. These, yep. th- and surprisingly, there were not, n- there were no major actors in this movie. Yep. You know the one thing, and I think I mentioned this when I when I brought this up in my Good, Bad, and the Ugly. The one thing that it does not have, Brian, is the tournament. There's there's no Mortal Kombat tournament, and I think it was better off for that. You know what? I I didn't. It didn't even buy. I didn't even notice. But they set it up. They set up the next movie, and by God, I hope they do. I'm going to tweet everybody involved with this movie tomorrow and make them make a sequel to this movie. Because number one fan, (laughs) they put in so many of the characters, and Mm -hmm. each one got their moment. Yeah, and was was done in such a a reverent way. And I like it. Easily could have been a whole lot worse than this. It it easily could have been bad. Yeah. Um. I'll, I'll end with this. The sound for this movie was yeah. incredible. Yeah, you should have right? heard it in the Dolby, the Bo- <sighs> Dolby Cinema with the shaking seats and everything. Man, it was 
It was off the off the charts, and the the home presentation's good, but the cinema presentation was on a whole nother level. Oh, I bet because I have lamps on top of my SVS cylinder subs in here. One of them <laughs> rattled off of the subwoofer and fell down on the floor, and that never happens, even nice. with my Christopher Nolan movies. Nice. Um, I want to give just props, kudos that they they casted this ethnically authentic, you know, people okay. had accents. They put in subtitles in there. They didn't try to, you know, do what they used to do mm-hmm. in Hollywood. And I was, I was really happy that they yep. did that. Cause uh, this, this was an authentic movie and uh, they, they need to make more of these. And Kano was goddamn funny. Yeah. It actually had a plot that, you know, was relatively held together. Right. And made sense. Uh-huh. So, I, and again, I, because they didn't force it around a tournament. Yes. And I just, I don't want to just say that this was funny. Um, you're right, Sam. They, they did nothing was forced and it, it was what it wanted to be. And the humor in this was so funny. I did catch myself laughing out loud multiple times, which is rare. Yeah. That's rare for you for sure. Laughing out loud. Okay. We're going to put that on the box. Brought, Brian Dobbs, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. You got anything else to say about Mortal Kombat, Brian? Because I, I think, uh, I think you've had the last word on that one. It was all. Yes, I do. It's interesting that how they worked in the birthmark of the dragon logo. Oh yeah, I almost forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that because hmm. that was what told people that you were part of the tournament in the past, right? Yeah, or like the chosen one that you were right. able to fight against the underworld or whatever right, it was. Right, right. Yeah, Outworld. All those sequences of Outworld were kind of shitty, though. I mean, mm. it's just like, okay, they cheaped out on this. But fortunately, we didn't, we didn't spend a whole lot of time there. Right. All right, well, this was a very educational episode tonight, Brian. Adrian, I can't thank you enough. I, I definitely will be talking to more folks in uh, in your line and at your company, and uh, I think you've got me convinced. I'm 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 getting myself a premium screen at some point here. So, not sure w- what material, but it's it's going to be purpose built for sure. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the opportunity. I, I really had fun tonight. Hey, Brian, one thing we didn't note: this was Adrian's first podcast. Oh heck yeah! So you you did great. He- you did great, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, these questions are pretty common, as I mentioned um, yep. last week on our call. But then when you you, you're, you tell yourself, hey, you're getting on a podcast in an hour, it kind of changes, uh, you know, the, um, the the atmosphere and the dynamic. But um, you guys uh, made me feel very comfortable. So thanks again for the opportunity. Um, Stuart Film Screen, so happy to be part of the, the discussion tonight. That's awesome. Hey, the one thing we usually ask, is there anything that uh, we should have asked about uh, about screens that we shouldn't have? Any, anything that you would have added that we didn't talk about? Screens in general? Yeah, um, or Stuart in, in particular. I mean, just, no, just, you know, when you're choosing a screen, make sure you're getting the correct screen, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's just in general, whether you go with a... Um, Stuart film screen branded product or not, make sure you're getting the right material for the application. Um, but then one thing that I, I failed to mention is um, 
We have new prices. I think it's oh. important that uh, your your um, your listeners know that. Um, and um, our prices are compatible with your entry level projectors today. Okay. All the way up to the high end projectors. So that that's something new at Stuart Film Screen. And then lastly, uh, we're still 100% made in the USA. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Brian, any uh, any last thoughts? Uh, no. Happy New Year. Happy New Happy Year, Year, everybody. Stay safe. I got to tell you, I am surrounded by COVID, and so far my family's stayed safe. So fingers crossed on that. So Thank God. That's th- awesome. Thank, thank God. Thank, thank goodness yeah. for that, and good luck to everybody. Thank you, Adrian. Uh, Brian, we've already started talking about our next topic. I'm pretty jazzed about that one. I I'm super, was super enthused about this one, and I think we've got some momentum to keep it going with. So Yeah, looking, that'll be fun. Looking forward to talking to you in a couple weeks, sir. All righty, man. All right, good night, everybody. Good night. All right, gentlemen. See ya. See ya. Good night. <laughs>